Hour number two, kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Sam, what did we miss last night? Thanks, John. You're welcome. A little bit of news in the NFL at the Combine. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are emerging kind of as the number one partner, it seems, uh, to be a trade a trade partner with the Chicago Bears, uh, centered around quarterback Justin Fields. Their general manager, Ryan Poles, spoke to the media a little bit, uh, said that he wants to do Justin Fields right. If they were to trade him, they want to do it before free agency, uh, you know, kind of try to give him as fair of a shake as possible. But it kind of seems like, you know, you know, it may just be smoke, but it feels like the Bears are, are kind of willing to be able to go and, and make that decision and take Caleb Williams right now. There was a video that leaked of Justin Fields celebrating something yesterday, right? Yeah, it was that came a, from like his management team, like that. Yeah, was that from yesterday? Because I saw it yesterday, but you never know if that was like an old video or something. Like it seemed like it was from yesterday, but then I saw Fields posted it on his Instagram story, and he either just covered it up really nicely and just said, "This is what guys on special teams look like before the play starts," or you know, like he was kind of mocking special teams guys before a kickoff. But I feel like it's a yeah, I mean, there's a reaction that he's going you know, to New Atlanta. York Post, Daily Mail. I mean, people have wrote about it as if it's a celebration video, yeah. which which makes it seem like they have told him there's there's a trade that's pretty much in place. They're just working out the final details, and that Justin Fields going home to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Went on that podcast, like we said, and you know was very complimentary of the weapons down there in Atlanta. Well, what Raheem Morris said, I wouldn't have gotten this job if they had better quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, it sucks if you're, if you're, you know, Desmond Ritter, but it's true. How does he feel about that? He's still going to be on the team. Maybe. You think Maybe. they'll cut him after his? It's it's hard to go from starting quarterback that's supposed to be the guy to backup. Not like Desmond Ritter's probably got a bunch of fans like on on the, you know, in in the locker room. <laughs> Guys that like him, but like, think about how weird it was with Zach Wilson. Like, the worst thing you could do is like, Justin Fields gets hurt and you got to go back to Desmond Ritter. The vibes would be so low. Like, any other backup quarterback would be better suited to, to have success there. Just in my opinion. So I, I would imagine that they would get rid of him. Whenever I think of Justin Fields, I still just think every time about how he was desperate to come to Tennessee, and how he didn't didn't. Was he really? I didn't hear that story. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, it's funny because <laughs> you can read about it on July twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen, on RockyTopInsider dot com. <laughs> Bob, Tennessee gets blasted in recruiting article because yeah, the story was basically like he really wanted to come to Tennessee. It was like his him and his dad or whatever reaching out to Butch Jones like let us come to a camp. Blah blah blah. Wow. He came up to the camp and like was like they didn't talk to me at all. Like they just acted like I wasn't there course he wasn't highly ranked at that point and then he blew up like a sophomore or junior year and became like a five-star top player and then at that point was like bleep tennessee yeah 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 what else you got for me sam uh anthony kim officially announces his return to golf he is going to be making his debut with live at uh jedda in saudi arabia this week the He'll 54 be, tour. He will be playing uh, as a wild card. He will be playing the rest of the 2024 live season uh, just as an individual player. So, you know, how they have individual events and then team events as well. He's not in a team right now. Uh, he's basically just going to try and play out this season to 
try to play his way onto a team for 2025, basically. Will anybody care enough about Anthony Kim to watch? I think a ton of people will, yeah. I think I Are like, you interested in watching the CI plays? I've never watched Live Golf in my life, and I will be tuning in to Live Golf to see Anthony Kim play, yeah. I know people are excited to see him out there, at least curious to see him out there. I was wondering if it was enough to get people in front of the TV to actually watch. No, 100%. I mean, he's it's been 12 years since he's played one – two events and you know made a Ryder Cup team by the time he was 23 so I think he was a huge rising star and then you know some injuries kind of got him behind the eight ball and just stepped away and, and kind of disappeared so I think a lot of people will at least the mystery of Anthony Kim will get them tuned in for at least a day I think well that's what I was gonna say is this a thing that's maybe like I'll watch three or four holes yeah and then I'll probably turn the channel because I don't really care about him that much if he competes I bet people will keep going on but yeah it seems like kind of a one-round thing fair enough yeah yeah um, sorry, I just lost my article here. Lance Leopold. Yes, this is a big one here for Kansas football coach. Salary bump, $7 million a year for him. Uh, this is a hot name in the coaching market, though. A lot of schools have, you know, he's been floated around at a lot of big-name schools. He's kind of a guy that's been on the market to get poached away, and, and he's a guy that can build up some programs. Uh, but he's going to get $7 million a year from Kansas, and they're – they're investing in their football program. I mean, they're, yeah, they're building good. a new stadium, and now they've got him as a high-dollar coach. Good on him, man, because uh, it, it would be sad to see them kind of rebound and then lose him and fall back into yeah. irrelevancy. They're, uh, they're showing a commitment because that, that deal runs till 29. I mean, it's, it's a long-term deal. Two and ten in his first year. Turned him all the way around. Uh, last night in college basketball, the courageous Kyle Filipowski came back. It's I'm glad. Weird. I'm glad he could handle. I'm glad his ankle healed. It's a, it's a miracle. It's honestly. a miracle. I mean, um, this is bigger than Aaron Rodgers saying he was going to come back from the Achilles. An ankle, a knee injury, sore. Nine points, ten boards, and six assists. That's just impressive. As Dalton Connect, in my eyes, Play, played almost thirty minutes. Wow. Yeah. Guess it. Guess he felt okay. It wasn't anything too bad, he said, making yeah. of the quick recovery. That's weird. Yeah, moved from being a target to uh, I'm okay. He also uh, Wake he Forest milked it, man. I'd have been like, I can't play it. I got PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I'm suing Wake Forest. I, I'm I'm suing whoever was on the courts. I would have milked it. I'm like, I'm not playing. Wake Forest lost last night, and he just comments on their Instagram page. Ouch. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, clown. Yeah. That pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good troll. It is a good troll. It is a good did, troll. Did, did a lot of people reply to his oh, outs sure, and just start? I'm sure. Let me pull it up. And really see how many going likes at him? Because I imagine he's like, as much as the college media nerds are like defending his take and defending his honor and saying ban court stormings, the fans don't agree, and the fans are going to hate him because of the discourse, and they're going to hate him for flopping around and lying. So, I imagine that. The replies and all of his social media stuff has, has have not been kind to him. I wonder if anybody on Vault Twitter got in the middle of this, just you know, based on the tournament game last year, because he got roughed up against oh, yeah. our guys. Man, it was beautiful. He truly did. Yeah, he did. Uh, lastly, here, John, you mentioned it earlier in the show, but LeBron James powers back. Twenty-one point comeback in the fourth quarter, uh, the biggest fourth quarter comeback of his career. Unbelievable stuff, just like Dalton Connect outscored the Clippers 19-16 to in the fourth quarter, 5 of 8 from 3, 4 assists. Like you said, just kind of 
turned on that vintage LeBron. Didn't see a second of it. Yeah. I wish I would have, but I did not. I, I was in my lasagna coma. <laughs> I was in bed. If I would have checked the score, they would have been down by 20-something points. I would have just continued to go to bed. And I, I woke up, and I was like, oh, good job by LeBron. You didn't want to watch your MVP bet go to work? Nah. They don't give the ball to Kawhi enough, I don't feel like. Kawhi doesn't force the issue enough to win MVP. He's just a 20. He's somewhere between like 22 and 27 points every game. He needs to have a couple. He needs to have more 30-point games. And the Clippers need to not blow 20-point leads. But I'm happy LeBron had his moments and, and that they win the final hallway series, as they call it, between the Clippers and Lakers while they share a building together. Yeah, will the new stadium be open for their next one? It is next yeah, gotcha. The wall. Um, Just imagine what could have happened last night if Bronny had been out there with his dad. That's true. They probably wouldn't have been down 20 points to have to come back. <laughs> Legendary comedian Richard Lewis died yesterday at the age of 76. Yep. Kind of sad. That was right on the hills of them having the joke in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. About his will. He put Larry in his will. And, you know, they had a joke, you know, an argument about who was going to live longer and how he was going to make sure to outlive Larry and blah, 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 blah. And then turn around. And then, you know, I, I kept seeing the RIP Richard Lewis. And I was thinking, did they kill him on the show? I was like, sure, they didn't kill him on the show. And I was like, oh, no. Then I hit the dreaded search. And sure enough, had passed away at the age of 76. And then I got the text from Bob letting me know. There's only a few guys or celebs that I did this with back when in my L.A. days. I was a big Richard Lewis fan. He used to be on Letterman all the time, and he would kill it when he'd be on there. And um, I got I had opportunities to see some of these folks and be near them, and, and he was at the Golden Globe Awards, and I was like, I'm going to go up and introduce myself. I don't want to be that guy and do that with every single one that I see, but he, he was one of them, and... He was nice enough. He was really just as neurotic in his behavior as what we've always seen. I mean, he was, you know, that was that was a long time ago, but I was such a fan. And um, he was fighting Parkinson's, too, which. Is, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the, yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I've got some of that in my family. So uh, it was sad to see yesterday. That feels awfully young for him. Uh, so that, now, that was too bad. Is the backstory on the show real? Like, are him and Larry like childhood friends? And I don't know. Okay. That, that, I saw. Did you see that? I, I reposted a tweet supposedly from Larry yesterday. Where oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, he uh, basically said that they've yeah they've known each other forever. Okay. And um, I you know hang bear with me. Give me five seconds because I have it here. I, 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 you got you yeah. got it. Okay, I was gonna say I yeah. found it. Uh, Richard and I were born three days apart in the same hospital, and for most of my life, he's been like a brother to me. He had the rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest, but but today he made me sob, and for that I'll never forgive him. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it was real. Um, so, yeah, it was tough. Mm -hmm. Tough loss. That brings tears to my eyes. That's a, that's a touching uh, little statement that Larry put out. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a somber into about last night. We'll get back to talking about the win after the break. I gotta go dry my eyes. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Ever you taking the blame on on that traffic report yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's all on me, hundred percent. Well, pack up and go. 
get out of here, gotta man. Get out of there. Gotta make gotta make some decisions on your feet. <laughs> Fair enough. You're, Bet, done. you're done. Dead air or, or you know, try again. Paging Marcus Young right now. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody uh, I I talked to someone I talked to someone at the game last night and he was complimentary. He's like, Hey, nice hearing you on the morning show. He's like, I didn't know you actually knew anything about sports. <laughs> He's like, you know, I thought you were just a pop culture guy. You know, obviously a reference to uh, talk sports. And then he asked about, he's like, you know, like that guy that used to be with you, uh, midday. He's like, uh, and I was naming people. Like, I was like, oh, Mark. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, why did you bring him in the morning with you? I was like, ah, I was like, he can't wake up. <laughs> I was like, Sam's doing a great job, though. I was like, uh, Sam's doing a fantastic job. We love Sam. Marcus is probably waking up and turning the air, turning the show on. I'm like, oh, I'll see how the wind's going. And he just catches these strays. Sorry. I'm sorry, Marcus. At noon today, I'm going to do the giveaway. I'm going to do the giveaway for the inward half shirt. I know I said I was going to do it Monday. I didn't do it. I'll do it today. Noon. So go. I'll repost it now. If you want to get in the mix for an inward half, beautiful, light. I know it's a little cold today, but it's it's getting spring. Spring is here. You're going to want this shirt. Doing a giveaway. Beautiful. It looks, I mean, I wear it as UT Orange. You can acknowledge your tribal chief this this fall. You can wear it to the baseball games or out on the on the links. Inward half has elevated golf apparel. Inwardhalf.com. Scale of one to ten. How successful was last night for Tennessee? How great was last night for Tennessee, Bob? Pretty great. That's not a number. <laughs> Um, what's your range again? I did one to ten this time. Good. Yeah, I did not. Uh, maybe that's what threw me. Um, I would give it a. I'd give it a ten. See, I can't give it a ten because for a little bit it looked like we were going to have a perfect night. You know, South Carolina was blowing a lead at Texas A&M, and Alabama was down to Ole Miss, or at least in a dogfight. But both of those results went against us. So. I can only give it like a an eight and a half or a nine, just because your the, the teams that were around you didn't didn't lose. That's fair. Although I'm at, I'm at a point now after that game against Auburn last night where it's like game on, man. Let's 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 take them all on. I, I really feel I feel strongly about that. Maybe I'll change here in another day or two uh, after it wears off. But I. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. I think last night's game was – it's not like it's smooth sailing from here, but it was like that That game really predicates everything. So, would have been nice for Alabama to lose. I'm not worried about South Carolina, still not. But I think that uh, – I feel pretty good about going into Tuscaloosa. I feel better than I did. Let's put it that way. A couple of tweeters have written in with some submissions to the various things we talked about in hour one. First up. Best Barnes win was the comeback versus Kentucky in the SEC tournament semifinals. Bob, of course, you were just talking about home games. And Correct. I, I, I kind of talked about just from a, an overall perspective. Do you agree or disagree, Sam, that Barnes's best win was the comeback against Kentucky, kind of the final three minutes in Nashville? Grant corner three, Lamonte dagger from the top. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely probably say that's your best neutral site one sure yeah right up there with like gonzaga maybe or something like that 
Yeah, but you know, kind of what we talked about with still having the hope of the season. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think about how you followed that up by getting twenty pieced yeah. by Auburn sure. the next day in the sure. SEC championship. It was a great win. I was riding high. I mean, that that might have been the the highest vibes I had after a win in terms of walking out of Bridgestone. It's St. Patrick's Day weekend. You're hitting the pub. You're talking about the game tomorrow. You're you're riding high, and then yeah, you got you got twenty pieced. Immediately after, <laughs> immediately after, like t- less than twenty four hours later, you had everybody like come flood to flood to Nashville, get their tickets. They wanted to be in there for a championship, and you had that. I, I would say maybe knowing, so like again having the the knowledge of what happened afterwards. I would almost say the the SEC tournament win in two thousand twenty two was better against Kentucky in the semis because you kind of just punked them the entire game. You had a lead for most of it. You, you, you kind of dominate Shebley. They're losing their mind. And then, of course, you went on, you beat Texas A&M the next game and actually won the SEC championship. I know it wasn't as dramatic, but that was as big of a statement win as Barnes has had because those were two top ten teams, and you set the stage and got that win. Another Twitter writes in saying, being that Kentucky team with P.J. Washington, top seven matchup. What year would that have been with P.J. Washington? I don't I don't remember when, when that would have been. Was 20, that 21? Yeah. Another submission for best, like, stretch of Tennessee basketball from a player in terms of performance-wise, they give the love to Admiral's neutral site game against Gonzaga where, you know, he kind of brought you to the finish line in Phoenix. And that was a he great ca- game. He caught fire down the stretch, too. I don't, I don't think it was – as drastic as what Dalton Connect did in terms of 25 points. I don't know exactly how many Admiral had over X amount of minutes or whatever, but that was an all-time performance as well. I'll see if I can get some of the details there in terms of A, how many uh, you know Admiral had in the game, but B, like you know what was it down the stretch? Because I just remember big three after big three from the NBA line. But I can't give the night. I can't give it a 10 just because Alabama still was able to to win that game. I, I thought they might get blown out of the building in the first half. You know, it was kind of that scenario I talked about. But I was like, hopefully you're, you're, you're leaving Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center with a big win. You get home. You turn on the game. I think I even said, you know, Alabama's trailing by three at halftime, which was the score. But it felt different whenever Ole Miss was up like 12 in the first half and it kind of blew it. And by the time I actually got the game turned on, they had already taken the lead Alabama had. And I watched and tried to see if Ole Miss could keep it close, but Alabama just kept coming and coming and coming and kind of kind of ended things. Uh, the question I would ask here, is there any doubt? I mean, as Tennessee fans, we feel there's no doubt that Connect is SEC Player of the Year. Sears continues to just produce consistently. 26-5-4 and four last night, played all 40 minutes. Again, coming down to this game on Saturday, if Sears goes off and somehow Connect gets bottled up, does he sneak in and get SEC Player of the Year? I'll say no, but you had, you had, you had Bruce come out with the – the yeah. salty tears in his eyes saying that he was not going to vote Dalton Connect SEC Player of the Year unless Dalton Connect won the conference. Said if Sears wins the conference, he's voting for Sears. If Dalton wins the conference, he's voting for Dalton. So 
I don't know if that was just Bruce being a crybaby or if that's how a lot of people will vote. So I'll say maybe. Like, I think it should be locked up, but there's still three games left. So I also think those three games should matter. I don't think it's as simple as, like, one game doing it. Although, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Tennessee, Alabama on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, game day is going to be there. Really? Um, yeah, that's right. Okay. And, and their A team for announcers, Shulman Billis, which would be hard for Billis to not talk about Kentucky or Duke. Um, but they'll be there. Um, Alabama, though, the other thing that <laughs> – because I watched the second half of that game, 64 points in the second half. And they had that magic number. Again, they shot 37 threes. They hit 40% of their threes. I mean, it's just it's tough to compete, man, if they're hitting like that. Hit 15 threes in the second half, I think. Yeah, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Or just in the game, maybe? In the game. In okay. the game. We, we had talked about it. Ole, in the second half. Ole Miss was not a defensive team. No. <laughs> they're not very good at defense. They're, they're probably like smack dab average in the middle of the country. Tennessee, of course, better. Tennessee's a top five defense. Tennessee did a good job of keeping Alabama from even shooting threes the first go around. It wasn't wasn't the number like Alabama even like only attempted like two threes the first time the first go around the first half like yeah as Tennessee you know kind of kicked their ass in the first half and set the tone and Mark Sears looked like he couldn't even dribble a basketball for most of that game with, with Meshack up on him and of course the game will be re- officiated differently on the road it will be I don't know if he'll be able to be as physical with their guards. They'll shoot a little better at home. But, like, I, I don't – they're not going to have that explosion, in my opinion. Like, Tennessee's going to be able to still go out there and kind of defend them. Admiral had the last 11 over four minutes to close out that game. He had uh, 18 of his 30 in the last 11, 20 of the game. Okay. And he didn't shoot a free throw either, and he had 30 points. Okay. Which is impressive. So, 18 over the last 11 minutes? Yeah. That's not 25 and 12, but that's nope. that's really damn good. And, and, you know, that Gonzaga team – was really good. They had three pros just looking yeah. through this thing. Like, you know, Brandon Clark. Hachimura. Hachimura and Corey Kisper. Yeah, like there's there's three pros for you there. Brandon Clark, too. Yeah, I mentioned him, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Clark, Hachimura, and, and Kisper are the three that I'm just looking at here. They might have had more on the team. but So, yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were really good. So, Admiral's final 11 and 18 in 11 minutes is really, really, really good. So, shout out to that tweeter. It does deserve a mention. It just wasn't as pretty. It wasn't as pretty, and it wasn't in front of the crowd. Although, yeah. it was hard. It would be hard to be better than like the two final threes Admiral hits. One to put you up two. They come down and tie it, then he hits the dagger with like twenty seconds left to win it. Th- those were those were yeah. Those were pretty. I think there's something about how smooth Dalton looks doing it. Like yep. Admiral kind of looked awkward. I think doing it, you know, just looked a little clunky, like, looked like a linebacker. just big and muscular. Yeah. yeah, like I think Dalton just looks so fluid. I don't know when when Admiral had his jumper going though. I, I did think it was pretty. He jumped so high. To me. That's what I'm saying. Like whenever he, like whenever he had the three pointers going, I, I don't want to erase him from history just because yeah. we're we got a crush on Dalton right now. You're you're right. Dalton again did it at all three levels and made it look good. Admiral could do it at all three levels, just not as good as 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 Dalton. I'll also say that maybe you had Grant there taking a little attention too, and you you had a kind of a one A one B last night. You just had Dalton, and like you know you you got good ancillary players but there was no question of who the best player on the team was like with admiral and grant it was always kind of like okay it's kind of grant's team admiral you can hang out here and hit these shots and you can have your moments too but you got you got a batman and robin situation there 
not really the case on this year's team. It's this Dalton Connects team. He's the main focus. I'm going to digress for a second here, but it's about Dalton. Did you notice, because he's been he's been wearing these shoes the last few home games, and I've seen them. Did you notice last night, maybe it's just reflection, it looks like his shoes had lights in them. Like they, would, like they were Nikes, but they would light up. No, I didn't notice that. I, I don't even know. Is he wearing like the Durants? They look like the Durants from the the crowd. That's what I don't know what which ones they are. Yeah. It, to yeah. me, it just looks like black shoes with like the Nike stripes being gold. Yeah, and it might be just the way the lights hitting them because yeah. this guy sitting right in front of me that was sitting close to you, John. He and I've been talking about it the last couple of games. He's con- he's convinced that they light up. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so. But uh, I feel like we would have already made a big deal about that if that was the case. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it kind of reminds me of something like, you know, you'd see a 10-year-old. Yeah, on I hope he's still wearing light-up shoes. Yeah, if they had light-up <laughs> shoes cool. on. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just the light hitting them. But it is it is wild. It does look like lights on them the way it reflects. But uh, I think black shoes make you look slow, too. That's my opinion. <laughs> black shoes make you look slow? Yep. A couple of our guys wear black shoes, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes. It's just, you know, Dalton's just what you were – that's what made me think about it, just what you were saying, Sam. He's so, like, fluid and smooth and be, looks even smoother when he's wearing white shoes. Just my two cents. <laughs> he, wore, he wore white shoes during his warm-ups. He did look smooth in that. Yeah. Do you think that's part of his plan? <laughs> Put on the black shoes and, yeah. and really lean into the deceptive speed? Like, they're not going to think that, that. – <laughs> yeah. That I have any hops, they're not going to think I'm athletic. They think I'm slow because I'm wearing black shoes. Well, yeah. It, I think people, the cat's out of the bag on that one. People can't. People. Apparently it wasn't because Broom, Broom got blue right by. Although, like, if you're Broom, you're like, really? What am I supposed to do here? I can't I can't give him the, the three. He's hit a couple of these. He's he's making these. i got to try to stop the three. Hopefully somebody's got my back with some help defense here. Nope. Uh, there he goes. Okay, he's taking off. Okay, there's a dunk. Every ISO they ran with Broom, I was just screaming at the top of my lungs, like, give me that, give yeah, me that. Yeah. He, uh, we've talked about this before, too. He he bumped up against uh, my guy Chad Baker-Mazzara a few times, too, because you know he's probably out there talking. And Dalton doesn't, he won't back down to that stuff. I think it kind of fuels him a little, too. Love to see that. They were physical with him, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, like, even before plays started, I, I thought they were trying to get in Connects Grill all night long. Well, they wanted to be physical. They wanted yeah. to try to punk Tennessee and question, you know, whether or not they were tough enough. And, you know, for that stretch in the second half, it looked like Tennessee wasn't going to be able to answer the answer the bell. But, of course, you start hitting shots and open things up, and it's easier to to, to feel tougher, right? Like, you, when you have Dalton Connects save you, it looks like, okay, at least he answered the bell. He had, he had 14 points before his stretch. Mm-hmm. They were going with the method of, of hey, everyone's going to try to get some touches here. We're going to try to do this. And I think it's nice, but every now and then you got to be that mother bleeper that's like, okay, it's my time. Get out of the way. I'm fine with sharing the ball as long as things are going well. But, like, once the team got down eight, it's like, okay, all right, guys, let me go inside this phone booth right quick. Let me uh, loosen up my tie. Let me come back out as Superman, in case you didn't get the analogy, and 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 save the team. I got kids, it now. Do kids your age like Superman? Do they, yeah. Did you understand the phone booth? I, Absolutely, I, didn't I get that. I didn't know if anybody's out there like, what the hell is he talking about, Superman? Because I never liked Superman growing up. What would you do if Connect started doing the like Cam used to do, where he'd rip open? 
We get Cam. Cam's got a lot of love this week. For I us. got my whole row doing the connect like three celebration the over, the, yeah, yeah. Over, the, over the nose. I got it like five people doing that. Tyler Wyatt writes in, "You'll have the Barnes as a road dog on Saturday storyline." So when you're looking at Saturday and you're looking at this big SEC de facto championship game, if Tennessee wins it, if they lose, you're going to have to go full on Gators, you know, next week. Barnes as a road dog, 2-13 and 13 straight up his last 15. 3-13 and 13 straight up, 5-11 and 11 against the spread as a two-possession road dog between one and six points. Although I will say... 1-0 in his last one. The last time he was in this scenario was against Kentucky, at Kentucky. So if you had those numbers before the Kentucky game, maybe you didn't feel good. And I thought Tennessee played one of their, their better, you know, most most rounded games against Kentucky at Rupp Arena this year. So something to keep an eye on with Barnes, but also I think this team, you know, should have some confidence coming out of these last couple wins, but also should have some confidence against Alabama. I don't really care what Barnes did in his previous, you know, 13 games before Dalton Connect got there. Because North Carolina was a similar situation. He lost that game. But, like, I think Barnes, and I give him credit, and, you know, I think he's adapted, and I think this offensive philosophy is is more equipped to go on the road than when you go on there and try to just drag teams in the mud, which is what he was doing a lot of those previous 15 games. So I don't know how much that matters. If we lose on Saturday and we look bad, then you could say, oh, yep, Barnes can't go on the road, but we saw him do it against Kentucky. Any other thoughts on Alabama winning last night, on on South Carolina surviving? You know what's interesting? It's not so much about South Carolina. It's a little bit about Texas A&M. So they're 15 and 13. They're done, I would have to say. Unless, Feels like it. Unless they run the table in the SEC tournament and win it. For all the talk we have about Buzz Williams, and me included, I think he's a good coach. This is, I think it's his fifth season at A&M, and this, he's only made the NCAA tournament once. Um, not that they're a big basketball program, but they pay, they're paying him a lot of money, I'm sure. And it just makes you wonder. We know they have restless boosters, so wonder, wonder what's going to happen there. For what they did to Jimbo Fisher, they need to ramp up some pressure on on Buzz. If I'm Jimbo, I'm like, hey, hey, come on. Yeah. I had a better season during COVID than Buzz has had his entire tenure. Let's ramp up some pressure here. Maybe their pocketbooks are hurting from paying out Jimbo, though, too. You might be right about that. Maybe they're like, hey, you know, Buzz, is he's a sharp-dressed man. He's a good representation of our – of our program, yeah, we're not very good, but AC Law the fourth ain't walking through those doors. Let's just be happy with what we got. Let's replenish some of our money. Buy a season tickets to watch Mike Elko. Tennessee minus one twenty five to win the conference, so you can no longer get plus money. Auburn pretty much eliminated. Kentucky pretty much eliminated. It comes down now to Tennessee, Alabama, with an outside shot of South Carolina. They're hanging in there at, at twenty nine to one. Alabama minus 110, Tennessee minus 125. So still neck and neck. Still neck and neck. I'll be interested to see what the spread is for Saturday's game. We still got a couple days to talk about that. Bob, you you, you buy into the rumors that that might have been Bruce Pearl's last game inside of Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. 
on Auburn sidelines. A lot of smoke yesterday. A lot of rumors ramping up that that Bruce going to be heavily in the mix for the Louisville job. Yeah, I've heard Louisville and Ohio State, um, which I can't seem at Ohio State myself. But is it Ohio State? Is it there's something? I mean, Ohio State is attached to to Bruce's scandal, right? It wasn't Correct. the first go around. That was Iowa and Michigan State, right? Is yeah, that is but, that what happened there? Yeah, but no, the Aaron Kraft thing was right. Yeah. So it, it just the Big Ten in general has tried to call Bruce out on his cheating multiple times. So like, yeah, I can't see him going to Ohio State after the Aaron Kraft stuff. I wouldn't think so either. Louisville does seem like an interesting fit, and um, apparently Louisville really wanted him. A big portion of Louisville wanted him two years ago before they hired Kenny Payne, but that the the pressure to hire a, a Louisville guy, yeah, kind of won out. Well, that and what's going to be interesting to see at Louisville, Payne's got to go, but. Um, what they're going to be able to spend because they have buyouts aplenty right now going on with with coaches. Yeah. Let's get got to get down on their knees and crawl back to Papa. Yeah, Papa John, please come save us. Yeah, cut us a check. Come on. Could I'm they, sure they got plenty of money. Though. Could they just rehire Chris Mack and just bring that contract back in? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I wonder what portion of the fan base is like. Hey, come on, look at that win he had last weekend. Rick Pitino still got it. Bring him back. He's paid his dues. He's paid his time. They won again last night. St. John's did it. Butler. He's trying to get them to the bubble at least. Yeah. His his plan worked. <laughs> he tore into his team and now they're playing. Um, yeah, it, it, I, it's a good question about Pearl. I, I still think one of the things that gets talked about is that Auburn is going to maybe make their play to keep Bruce to say – Hey, we'll give you a deal when you retire. Steven gets the job here. Ugh. I know, I know. But I've heard that. I've heard that a couple on a couple of occasions from a couple of different places. And so, I mean, that that'd be tough for him to walk away. I would think in that regard, if he's laying a legacy for Stephen F. and Pearl. There's a lot of rumors about that yesterday, and people talking about it that that Louisville gonna make a big run at Bruce. I also saw them. In the mix, a lot of people are reporting that Will Wade is the guy they kind of want to. God, to bring him, you know, he's turned McNeese around, and you know they're they're pretty good. They're like what a top sixty team on Kim Palm and all that. Like, yeah. that they played the School of the Blind and yeah. you know the Women's College that apparently changed their name. They bullied them into changing their name. They're, I'll, they're, I'll be interested in them as a mid major for sure. We've talked many times about how much we don't like Nate Oates. I dislike Will Wade that much more. I, I, <laughs> really? I, I despise him, man. Yeah. just Which is sad because he's a Tennessee boy. Just the, the the tantrums he would throw on court and everything. It's just, uh, can't maybe, take it. Maybe Louisville offers him a strong-ass offer and yes. he makes the jump. I, I don't know, but like it's funny that Louisville's coaching search right now, the two names were Bruce Pearl and Will Wade. <laughs> Let's just get dirty, Louisville. Let's do it again. They tried the whole... Let's get an honorable man. I don't know if Kenny Payne's an honorable man or not. He hung out with Coach Cal long enough. Maybe he picked up some tricks. But if he was cheating at Louisville, it wasn't doing very good. He wasn't He wasn't very good at it. Get some proven winners, some proven cheaters in. Sam, last time Bruce Pearl comes into Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center on Auburn sidelines? It might be. Yeah, I saw Bruce, you know, when he was walking out of the, out of the gates, out of the tunnels. You know, he was, you know – giving some hugs to some some Tennessee donors on the sideline or something like that. Maybe he was saying some goodbyes. 
I don't think so. I think it's just like, please, <laughs> just don't forget me. Still love me, guys. Yeah. Still talk about me. Make me feel <laughs> like you love me. Probably. I, Give you know, me my attention. I didn't get to see on the TV replay, but Sam, you said you had a pretty good angle of it. His uh, Bruce's tantrum that yeah. led to the technical. Oh, he, he was going crazy. I love yeah. a good Bruce tantrum. Yeah. That was a big part of the game, too. It was only a two-point game, right? Huge part of the game. Huge part of the game. Was it only a two-point game? Am I right about that? I don't know. I can't remember. No, it was. It was two. You're right. It was 79-77. It it was really close. I wanted to say three or four, so yeah. I thought he was going to get two technicals. I thought he was going to get kicked out. Yeah, I thought he was going to keep the tantrum going, and they were going to double-team up, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Broom tried to run over and be like, Coach, like, chill, 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 and I thought he was going to keep going. I actually thought the ref did because he gave the technical signal again, but that was him. I thought Broom was going to get a technical. Was he trying to calm Bruce down? Yeah, Broom ran over from the way it looked where I was sitting. Broom was running over trying to, like, calm Bruce down. I thought it was, like, Bruce getting a technical, and then Broom also was going to get a technical because of the call. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. No, to me it looked like he was trying to get him under control because, again, it was a two-point game. It was like, hey, don't give him four free throws here, please. Like, stop. Which, you know, Connect missed the first free throw, so you only give up one point. And actually, Tennessee didn't cash in on the possession following either, and, like, Auburn was able to come down and score. I believe to cut it to one afterwards, so it didn't didn't hurt them any. Sneaky little stat though that got me thinking, and it was on the the play where Pearl got the technical. Josiah had four blocks last night. Yeah, yeah. big ones too. Yeah, he, yeah, he does those things, man. And for as I mean, obviously, for as much as you're going to talk about Dalton scoring, I thought he had a good night defensively. Like I thought he got into some passing lanes and had a couple steals, had some active hands. I got worried he was going to find himself in foul trouble. Yeah, which. Again, we talk about the evolution of Barnes, so this is part of the reason I don't worry too much about that last 15 statistic and his trouble against the spread as an underdog and blah, blah, blah. Like I will say I've seen some evolution in Barnes, and, and Kinect picked up his second foul fairly early in the first half, and in the past that would have been an automatic ticket to the sideline for the rest of the half under Rick Barnes. You know, he did that a lot with Vescovy. Still kind of does it with Vescovy. With Connect, he's like, hey, I'm going to yell at you a little bit, but lock in. Like, you're you're too important to what we do offensively. And keep in mind, this is the same coach who who started overtime of your Sweet 16 game with Grant Williams on the bench with four fouls because he's trying to protect him and keep him out of foul, foul trouble. So I want to give Barnes credit for evolving there and improving there because I think if you put Connect on the bench in the first half, things could have gone wrong, right? Like, you could have gone into halftime with a deficit. We rolled out one lineup where Connect got benched, I think, and it was like both yeah, bigs, both, Gainey. Yeah. Both bigs both bigs and Mayshack. Like yeah. I still don't understand. Yeah. Like look, and then and then they followed that up later with both bigs and it wasn't even A do, it was Estrella. Yeah. And and a walk and I'm like, Barnes, what are we what are we, what is this lineup? Yeah. But we actually held the lead kind of there for a bit with that lineup. So, like, they were able to kind of – Ganey was able to get to the free throw line at least. Like, Ganey – we got to a media timeout and he got it out of yeah. there. Yeah. When, when Tennessee needed a bucket with that lineup and Ganey was willing to put his head down and try to get to the rim. Mm-hmm. He shot four free throws and hit all four. So, one for six from the field. But I thought Ganey, again, played solid 20 minutes. Yeah. Only our, nine for Mayshack, though. Our, our guy Will Warren posted last night, and because I, I feel this way all the time, you know, something to the effect of – is it just me, or uh, do you get a little scared when Ganey's got the ball and bringing it up against court pressure and everything else? And I do. I feel like he, he always feels like he's on two wheels, you know? He's just just a millisecond away from coughing the ball up. But he did hit a nice three, but, God, he was still like one of five, one of six. 
106 from the field, 104 from three. The one was big, though, Sam. It helped get us our minus three and a half in the first half. Massive. Yeah, it was nice. Nice little sweat. And then Katie Johnson responded, and I wanted to die. But then Zakai walked it off. I was like, yes. I told my wife we were watching the game because I have to give her a little context on some of these players. Told her, you know, Broom is their best player. And KD came in, and I go, see that guy with the headband on? I go, he is just nothing but chaos. (laughs) Good and bad, you know. Yeah, he actually didn't play too bad. I no, I thought he. I thought they got a pretty good KD Johnson game. Yeah, which maybe that's even that maybe that makes the loss even sting a little bit more because he wasn't out of control. He only shot the ball five times, one of two from three. All right, Sam, send us to break. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. In today's edition of Things That Make Me Mad, Things That Annoy Me, Things That Frustrate Me, Things That Make No Sense, hopefully things that people can look past and use common sense, but Tennessee beats Auburn last night. I come, I'm all excited, I check the old net ranking, let's see where Tennessee's up to, let's check the quad one wins, and... Still 5-5 five and because five, Florida's number 33 right now. So, all of a sudden, the 20-point win against Florida is not cool anymore because <laughs> they're not in the top 30. Meanwhile, Arizona somehow has picked up. They've lost a quad one loss and picked up a quad one win. So, they went from 7-4 and four to 8-3. and three. I guess the good news there would be that they have now have two quad two losses. So, three losses outside the quad one. If you're looking at Tennessee versus Arizona for a one seed, same record. Tennessee only one loss outside of the quad one. Arizona now with three, including a quad three loss. So, like, Arizona's loss is much worse than Tennessee's losses. Yes. Tennessee jumped Auburn in Ken Palm. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad his computer <laughs> saw that we were a better basketball team. Yeah, exactly. After watching us play. Although, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, Auburn and Tennessee are pretty close. They're pretty similar. Like, I do think the difference is Tennessee has Dalton Connect and they don't. But, like, if that game was at Auburn, we'd probably lose, right? I mean, like, we're, we're close enough to where and, – and matchup-wise, I don't think we have a matchup advantage. They play defense. I respect Auburn more coming out of last night than I did going into it. Like, I know we kept saying we don't see it with them, but they're a solid basketball team. They're a team that has a chance to make a deep run and – you know, if they also got beat in the second round, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me. But they're legitimate. They play tough. They play <laughs> defense. Tough. Yeah, they play defense. They're they're a top twenty offense, a top twenty defense. They're they're good. They're kind of like us in that regard. Versus like someone like Alabama, who they don't play defense. Kentucky don't play defense. I have no problem thinking we could go into Rupp Arena and beat that Kentucky team. I already seen us do it. I got no problem thinking we could have gone to or that we're going to go to Tuscaloosa and beat that Alabama team, I think we're going to do it this weekend. If they sent us to the jungle to beat that Auburn team, I don't think we would do it. I think that's one where you win at home and lose on the road. That's kind of how I feel about that matchup. Yeah, I could see that. I came away the same way. I, I That game was big last night, but I had no idea how big it was going to feel by the end of it. Yeah. you know, And, of yeah. course, the connect effect is part of it, a big part of it. But still, to your point, Auburn, you know, they're handful, man. They were, uh, they 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 had that strategy in the first half. I felt was take 
takes a Kai out of the game a little bit and the rest will follow and and that was working you know connect took over which was huge but uh they're a good team they're a very good team and that was with Jalen Williams he came in and played didn't play bad but he's obviously probably not a hundred percent so were your hands shaking were, were you sweating as you were holding your phone feeling the nervousness of the game mm, no you said it felt big. I didn't know if you're if you were trembling, you know, with excitement or or fear watching the game from a parking lot on your phone as you oh, as I you see left the saying. game. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's good. No, I I was I I actually get quiet sometimes uh, because I'm so like focused on watching the game. Um, but then, like, if there's a bad call, I go nuts. And last night, I kept finding myself saying in the first half when Connect would get the ball, I was like, "Go to work." That's what I kept yeah. yelling. <laughs> go to work. Give them what they want, Trey. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I wasn't. John I wants you, Dalton. Give it to him. Come on. Now, if if I was, my hands were trembling at all in in the car. It was probably more in anger than anything else. But I love my daughter, and uh, if in case she is listening, yes, yeah, Bob loves his daughter. Yes, it's okay. It's okay. It happens. How many high fives did you pass out last night, Sam? Uh, did you count them. I you got an estimate. I wasn't counting. No, a lot of them. Honestly, there's yeah. a lot of high fives to. To be handed out. Did you make any new friends? Yeah, couple maybe. How about that? There you go. Hey, I'm Sam. I'm sure you didn't swap information or anything, no, right? No, yeah. you know, just like, hey, cool to see you at the game. You Does know, anybody here. take advantage of like the phone thing that you can kind of link up your stuff? Like, I swap my contact just by holding my phone up to you. I've never done that before. That's no. a thing, though, right? Like yeah. now you could do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was such a big deal, but I don't think it's really played out as big as they. Yeah. Did. I accidentally had it up close to somebody. Like, I think I got, like, a thing that popped up. Like, do you want to share contact and stuff? I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I've never done that. But, like, I feel like that might be easier for dudes to exchange information versus, hey, bro, let me get your number. Yeah. Because that's where Take it was like, hey, awkwardness hey, come on, just bit. link. let's link up. And you just hold it up, and next thing you know, boom, you, you got a, I don't know what it is, a contact card or I don't know. but You exchange be, a couple high fives over a basketball I, game yeah. and just tap phones. And I, know, I was like, going to say, it might be a little creepy if you go to do a high five and say, no, put your phone up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro, tap me. Yeah. Just, just Give me the a contact tap. info yeah. instead of a high five. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, you know we got something good going here. I'm not gonna ask <laughs> your number because that's weird. But here, tap me up. What's your Insta? Can I follow you on Insta? You want my snap, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's got all my socials on there. Yeah, you, you want to snap with me? Oh, man. But like Auburn, I do think is is probably justified in crying about the scheduling and like, hey, we had to come to Tennessee. They didn't have to come to here. I get it. Happened to us in 2019. We had to go to LSU. LSU didn't have to come to Knoxville. I get it. It sucks. I do think, like I said, that's a team that I don't think we would have beaten them on the on the road. I think that's a tough matchup. I, I think that it's a pretty even team. I think Tennessee's better. Just because I do, like I said, I think one team has Dalton Connect, the other doesn't. You kind of saw the lack of Dalton Connect for – for Auburn, I think you kind of see the ceiling when your go-to player is a post player. I know Janai can uh, hit, you know, a jumper. I know he has three-point range, but he's not like a creator out there, right? Like he's a like a face and shoot to where I'm going to get in the post and do work. It's not like, hey, I'm going to drive to the rim type of thing. I'm not going to set things up for other players. And, and Tennessee has one of those guys. And Auburn has a bunch of bad guard play and Broom, who's – not a creator. So, like, when they, when they needed offense, you saw them kind of struggling in the stretch, I thought. 
He did one hell of a drop step in front of us in the first half on Jonas. Mm. Yep. Spun him and then dunked on him. And yep. That was about it, though. You're right, though. He's not necessarily a big creator. He's good. No, I don't, I don't want to act like he's not good. He's an all-SEC first-team player. He's he's really good, but you kind of had your limitations when that's the case. I mean, like, Tennessee's not that dissimilar, like, when, when Grant and Admiral's teams. Like, because your go-to player was a post player in Grant, who, all right, need a bucket, throw it in the post. That's antiquated. That, that gets you beat in March. It feels nice to have a guy that can – Again, score from all three levels, but also make good passes, too. And Tennessee hasn't had that, I don't think, in a long time. Because, I mean, Chandler wasn't a three-level scorer, really. He didn't have the size either to, like, you know, take yeah. advantage of, of, of mismatches or not get exposed on the other end. Chandler was really good, obviously, but I don't think he's as special as a college player as Connect, obviously. And that's what gives me hope moving forward. Is that you got something you never had before? What's your way too early pick for a line on Alabama? Alabama's going to be favored, right? Yeah, I would be surprised if it wasn't uh, similar to last year's game in Knoxville, where it's like a three and a half point spread. Yeah. I think it kind of rolls be reversed. I think Alabama may be a three and a half point favorite. Yeah. Because I don't think Alabama's going to get the same, the same rub as as Tennessee did last night, where you know it gets up to five and a half, six, seven against teams that are are pretty similar, right? Because Tennessee and Auburn are pretty much side by side in the the Kim Palm ratings. Tennessee yeah. and Alabama pretty much side by side, five versus seven. Difference, of course, Williams a little banged up. Tennessee, I think, a better home team, has blown people out playing good basketball. I think Tennessee gets respect for going on the road. I think their offense gets respect. I think Connect gets respect. I think Alabama's defense gets a little, um, you know, I think I think the lines take into account their defense doesn't really stop anybody. So I, I, I would think three, three and a half. And that's just, you know, going off the top of my head. Right. It's going to be big, man. Man, man, man. What a game. Second shout-out for him, but Tyler Wyatt does, you know, his analytics, his yeah. his metrics, his gambling stuff. He sends in 2.8 slash 161 on the total. So, around that three, three and a half. 161, I'm going to guess that the public sees that number and hammers it. I'd be surprised if the over-under came in at 161 just because you have, obviously, a uh, really good offense in Alabama a bad defense in Alabama, but a Tennessee team that showed they could score, you know, in the 80s every game too. So I would be surprised if the over-under didn't come in closer to like 168, 169. Maybe it's a place to play the under. I don't really – I'm not very good at picking the totals though. But like the spread, I think I'm pretty close on three, three and a half. Take the balls. Hour two in the books. We'll kick off hour three. We'll talk about some college football playoff stuff. We went to 12 and – Bob tells me they're already going to 14. What the hell? And then we'll talk with assistant coach Greg Polinski and get a front row, bird's eye view recap of what he saw last night in the Dalton Connect show. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the 